Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right. Welcome to another episode, another special episode of the Patriot Nation podcast. Uh, I'm here, Pat Lane, with Barrett Hodgson as well. And uh, Barrett, another time, another opportunity for you to interview a Patriot. Uh, this time, Shane Vereen, of course, former Patriot great. Uh, it must have been a pretty cool interview. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we talked about pretty much the whole journey throughout his career. Um, talked about some Monday Night Football stuff. You guys will have to listen to that. Uh, his playoffs, he had a couple of big playoff moments. Uh, and then we got into like what he's doing nowadays, some culture in the locker room stuff. And uh, he's still involved with the game of football. So you guys will have to listen to find out what he's doing now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And, and he's one of those guys that, of course, I mean, the Patriots have had so many great third down ride uh, running backs over the course of time. You know, Kevin Falk and, and you know, so on and so on. Go through, go through the list of all of them, right? And of course, going back to going to James White just recently, but Shane Vereen had those three touchdowns against Houston. And then of course had that unbelievable game in Super Bowl 49. He's one of those guys that, you know, they went to giants and and he got hurt with the giants. And so I think people sometimes tend to forget about Shane Vereen, but he had some really, really solid productive years here. And, uh, you know, and helped the Patriots win a Super Bowl. They don't win Super Bowl 49 without Shane Vereen. That's for sure. Absolutely not. And he, he gets into about uh, some of his success, especially that, uh, the difference between that three touchdown playoff game and the playoff, the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Uh, so it's really interesting to hear him talk about that. Uh, and he talks about uh, another Patriots pass catching back that he kind of looked up to when he started in New England. Love it. Love to hear it. So what's going to be a great interview. Uh, I'm happy for you, Barrett. It's one of those, like, it's like verbal meme. Like I'm, I'm happy for you, but I don't know why all the good things happen to you and not to me. I want to talk to these guys too. So, uh, but it's great. You keep doing a great job of the interviews. And so, uh, and so we'll keep putting them on here. You keep doing them. We'll keep putting them on here. And, uh, and it's, it's great. So everyone enjoy this interview uh, by Barrett with Shane Vereen. Hey Shane, I am uh, Barrett Hodgson with Pat's Pulpit of SB Nation. Uh, and then I'm speaking on behalf of the safebettingsites.com. So uh, let's just jump right into things. Uh, I want to start uh, on draft night. So tell me about your experience on draft night. What was it like being selected by the Patriots in the second round? Yeah, so I guess the story is uh, I went on the second day. Uh, I know I wasn't going to go first round, uh, but I figured I had a chance based off of the two backs that were taken before me. It was uh, Mark Ingram and then Ryan Williams, who's out of Virginia Tech. I drafted by the Cardinals early in the second round. And uh, that whole day, um, I maybe spoke five to ten words to my family because uh, I was extremely nervous. Um, I really didn't say much. I didn't want a lot of people at the house. So two of my best friends, my family, of course, and then my high school coach were there. And that's it. And uh, I was just an anxious, nervous wreck for the entirety of the day. Sitting there watching 
all of a sudden our the house phone goes off not our cell phone the house phone goes off and it's a block caller my mom answers she doesn't know who it is so she hands me the phone uh lo and behold um it was the patriots on the other line um so i talked to coach bill belichick and then you know he handed the phone off to mr Kraft. and as as i'm talking to mr Kraft the announcement comes over the TV that I was drafted by the Patriots and the entire house just explodes. And um, it was funny because uh, Mr. Kraft was like, oh, wow, sounds like you have quite the party going on there. <laughs> I was like, no, no, sir, no, sir, it's, it's just my mom. <laughs> that's, all, that, that's, that's the noise. Um, and, and after that, I literally packed a bag, went to the airport, got on a plane and flew out to Boston. Uh, so that, in a synopsis, that, that's pretty much how my draft day went. Nice. So uh, what was that first year in the NFL like, and how difficult was it to earn playing time, whether that's on the offensive side of the ball or special teams, on a team that was really a juggernaut at the time? It, it was extremely tough um, because as rookies, you know, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what you don't know. So it's, it's, you're, you're learning a lot in a, in a short amount of time, really. My year was a lockout year, so I didn't have OTAs in the offseason. So my first day, they were already a week into camp uh, once all the contracts and everything got settled out. So I'm coming in, you know, midway through camp and, and just trying to, A, learn the playbook, B, trying to get comfortable, C, learning how to be a pro. Um, you know, one thing that I do respect about what I respected and loved about playing there was you had to earn your playing time. They weren't just because I was drafted in the second round, they weren't just going to play me. Um, so they made me earn it. And it took a lot longer than I would have liked. Um, I dealt with like some hamstring issues. My first year I was not in shape. When I first got there, I was a little, little bit overweight, needed to lose some weight, yada, yada, yada. Um, but once I finally did earn the time, um, it just meant that much more. So uh, on Monday night, two rookie backs scored their first touchdowns on yeah. prime time. Do you know who the last Patriots rookie was to score on Monday Night Football? Uh, I know. I think I had a touchdown, my first touchdown on a night against Kansas City. Yeah, was we, I the last one, though? Yeah, it was you on a Monday night. Oh, uh, you are the last okay. one on a Monday night. So uh, right. well, what was it like finding the end zone on prime time on Monday night? I know it was in the fourth quarter later on in the yeah. game, but what was that like? Uh, it, it was special. Um, I really didn't. I didn't have like a celebration plan. I didn't have anything because I wasn't expecting really to play much offense, let alone have the opportunity to score a touchdown. And it was a fourth down. We were on like the two or three yard line on the goal line, and it ran outside zone to the left. There was some seepage. I was able to get away from a few defenders in the backfield and uh, and get into the end zone. And I think it was one of the tight ends. I think it was Who Man. One of the tight ends was the first one there to greet me. Um, and, you know, I was just smiling, and, and it was just a, a breath of fresh air and, and a weight lifted off my shoulders more than anything. Yeah, so transitioning from your first year to your second season, uh, what was that transition like? And you had your first playoff action. You had a big game against Houston in 2012 yeah. in Gillette. Yeah. So talk about that transition and that postseason run. Well, a lot of, a lot of my the changes, I think, from my first to second year was the confidence level. Um, you know, so much of your first year, you're just trying to remember the plays that that you're in for. Um, my second year, that off season, I was able to take advantage of OTAs and all the off season work. Excuse me, and I, I was I vividly remember being in a huddle with the first team offense, and Tom called a play, and I just lined up and did it. 
Like I didn't have to think about what my protection rules were, where my route was, what I had to do. I just did it and I just knew it. And so I started to be able to play faster, play more confident. Um, and that eventually leads to more playing time because you're able to play faster, able to be more productive and more effective on the field. So I would say the biggest difference was me growing into that confidence um, that I needed in order to perform well. And was Houston doing anything on defense that allowed you to have that big game? Yeah, uh, because I didn't have, I mean, I know it was the playoffs, um, but still there wasn't like a ton of tape on me, especially in, in the route game. So one thing that stuck out to me, a major part was that they had a linebacker covering me. And I knew, and I was like, okay, well, the first catch I had, it was down the right sideline. I was like, okay, so maybe they might put a nickel. Nope. So that they kept the linebacker on me, and I was able to exploit that coverage. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen too much more in my career. Uh, <laughs> they started putting safeties and nickels and DBs on me. Um, but I always knew that if I was one-on-one with a linebacker, and, and this, this stems from college and from high school, uh, we threw the ball a lot in both where I, I knew if there was, my college coach would call them neck rolls. If, if you're ever one-on-one with a neck roll, uh, you better win. <laughs> and uh, and that, that, was, that was probably the biggest takeaway um, of just the matchup that I had was, was more favorable to us. Yeah, so building on that, in your fourth season, you guys obviously made the Super Bowl, and you had 11 catches in that game. Uh, what was that environment like in the Super Bowl and what, like, what was Seattle's defense doing? Were they putting neck rolls on you, or were you seeing nickel guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that, those those were different type of neck rolls. They, <laughs> that was, you know, that was Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. They, they were they were solid. Um, it was the best defense in the league. I want to say two years running. So we knew the task that we had at hand wasn't going to be easy. We had we had a top offense, but they had the top defense. That was most of the talk was about Seattle and the Legion of Boom and this defense. And I think I know I took it personal, and I think a lot of the guys on the offense took that personal. Um, and, and we had to we were going to go play the game and, and find out. You know, it's funny because that entire season, I, I think I in my head I knew that eventually we, it was going to come down to us playing the Seahawks. Um, and you know, and that, in the locker room, we never really talked about Super Bowl and everything. But I think this the entire season, we were prepping ourselves to play against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Um, and that defense was that I, I'll say to this day that was the hardest, most exhausting football game that I've ever played in or been a part of. Yeah, it was a big comeback victory. Obviously, a lot of emotions. Interception on the goal line. Um, so talk about like what it felt like when you guys finally got over the hump. Uh, that was yeah. your first uh, Super Bowl, and obviously yeah. there was a lot of emotion. So just talk about all that and what was it like winning and after the game. Yeah, well, one thing that made it special was my, my rookie year. We went to the Super Bowl. I didn't play in the game, but uh, we went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Giants. And I remember walking into that locker room and seeing some of the guys just sobbing and just the disappointment. And – I never wanted to feel that again. Um, and so when we, when we finally got our opportunity, you know, I, I was anxious for the game, but I wasn't nervous. I just wanted just to go out there and play and become a part of, of Patriots history because that's, that's all we knew was, was championships and success. And a successful season was not just getting to the Super Bowl, but winning the Super Bowl. And this was our opportunity, and I'm just – 
blessed and lucky that I was able to play a major role in that um, because I was ready for it. And, you know, you got to leave it all out there. And there's nothing really to be nervous about. Just go play football, the same game you've been playing forever, and um, have fun. And once we finally won and the confetti fell, uh, I mean, it was just tears and just a burst of emotions. You know, you see your parents, you're hugging your teammates, your coaches. Um, there's there's not a feeling like that. It's almost it's almost an addicting feeling just how much happiness and knowing all the hard work that, that you and your teammates went through to get to that point <clears throat> and finally being able to hold up the trophy. Um, there's no, absolutely nothing like it. Yeah, and obviously over those four years with the Patriots, you played with Bill Belichick. He's viewed as a hard-nosed coach, obviously, with yeah. the media and stuff like that. Uh, do you have a favorite story of Coach Belichick? Uh, you know, some of my favorite stories were him and team meetings. Um, whether we were playing bad or good, his commentary on how we were playing, you know, it, you, you're trying to like hold in your laughter because his sense of humor is just so dry, but it's so honest at the same time. So I think, you know, we're tired and it's, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning and the whole team's sitting there in a team meeting and Bill's running through tape. And every now and then he'll, he'll throw like a, a really dry joke out. It's, he doesn't mean it as a joke, but it's but it's absolutely hilarious. And the, the whole room, you can tell, is just trying to hold in the laughter. And then eventually we just erupt in the laughter. Um, before we went on like uh, like bye weeks or summer break or uh, whatever it may be or break away, he would always have like <clears throat> like five stories from the news about players from other teams who uh, would get DUIs or get in trouble. And, and, and he would always remind us, you know, even though you're not here, we're watching and, and like behave accordingly. Um, but I think the team meetings with him were, were probably like the best, uh, the best memories. Yes. I learned so much. So what was he like as a mentor? Was my next question. Um, unbelievably honest, which I value probably more than anything in coaching. Um, each day you walked in, you knew where you stood whether that was good, bad, or right in the middle. Um, so you knew what was expected of you. Um, you knew your role. And and if you didn't perform at the level that was expected, he would hold you to that. And so I always felt as though not playing really with a chip on my shoulder, but in the back of my head, I'm like, my team is depending on me. And, hey, if I don't get this work done, if I don't grow this trust that they have for me, like this is going to be a very short career for myself. So as, as you know, pressure field that that might be, you start to get comfortable with that. And then you start to get confident with that the more that you, you see yourself having success. Um, and so just him holding everybody accountable, regardless if it was Tom Brady, Wes Welker, or myself, um, he, he expected a level. And it wasn't that he was trying to be mean. It was that he was trying to get the most out of you for the team. And I will forever respect him in that way. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I still think that's why he's such a great coach. Yeah, so then in that offseason after you guys won the Super Bowl, you ended up joining the New York Giants. Yeah. Uh, can you just talk about a little bit about the culture difference between two NFL locker rooms, between the Patriots mm -hmm. and the Giants? Yeah, um, you know, the culture difference, when I first got to the Giants, Tom Coughlin was the head coach. And so him and Bill Belichick were very similar. They're both, they both, uh, they coached together on the Giants and they came from the uh, Bill Parcells, you know, head coaching tree, if you will. So 
from the head coach standpoint, it was pretty similar. The culture was different in the sense that it was a little bit more relaxed as a sense to they expected you to know how to be a pro. I think more in New England, they not you, you learn by osmosis and you learn by the guys around you how to be a pro. And the respect level in New England for those guys who were the not upperclassmen, but the vets. Um, the respect level I think that we had as rookies and second year guys for the vets ahead of us, um, we followed in their footsteps and not just on the field, but their work ethic off the field and how they studied and how they worked out. Um, I think that was probably just the main difference. There was a lot more leadership, strong leadership um, that was respected in, in, um, in New England. Not that it wasn't in New York. It was just different. It was just a, it was just a different type of culture. Um, not that any one or other is, is better or worse, but that th- those were just the differences. Yeah. Uh, so through your career, you obviously had some really big moments between uh, getting drafted, three touchdown playoff games, Super Bowl. Uh, what was your favorite memory or moment throughout your career? Well, um, obviously the Super Bowl, but if we remove that, I would say that three touchdown game against Houston was pretty big for me because um, – I, Danny Woodhead started that game and he, he was kind of the guy I followed in that offense. Danny Woodhead started the game and he, in the first series, early in the first quarter, he broke his hand, he broke his thumb. So he was out. So now I step in into a much bigger role. The first, that, that was the most plays I ever had in a game in the NFL. And I succeeded and I did well. And it didn't feel like I was like nervous or trying to be this, that, or the third. I was just trying to be myself, and I think that's a testament to the way that we prepared in New England um, to where you can put anybody else in and, and they would know what to do. But I think the fact that Danny Woodhead, a, a player that I still look up to to this day and is a good friend of mine, he goes down, and then I come in and, and have the game, I guess you can call it a quote-unquote breakout game. Um, I think that was just a very satisfying and reassuring feeling that, hey, I can, I can play at this level. Awesome. So, last question. Um, how have you remained connected to the NFL throughout uh, your NFL post-career after retirement? Yeah. Uh, do you just watch games? Do you go to facilities? Like, how do you remain connected to football? Yeah, well, first, I, I stay in contact with, with, former, with former teammates. Um, but secondly, I do watch football because I, I do NFL radio. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I do radio for college, but also, excuse me, also do... Um, NFL Sirius XM NFL radio as well once or twice a week um, so that keeps me close and, and eventually hopefully I'll get to be in the studio and and call games from the booth um, that's that's what I want to grow into eventually awesome thank you so much for your time uh, it's been amazing yeah, no talking problem. to you learning about some things so I really yeah. appreciate it today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.